Chapter 30 of Over the Hills and Far Away, A Story of New Zealand by Charlotte Evans. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lewis Fletcher. Broken. Beatrice and Lewis were left alone. She was waiting breathlessly for his first words, bending forwards a little with her eyes fixed eagerly on his face, and her beautiful full red lips slightly parted. At last they began to tremble, and she said softly, Oh, Lewis, have you given me up at last? For the first time he was mute and cold to her appeal, and suddenly she threw herself on the ground at his feet with a cry. Oh, Lewis, Lewis Cunningham, she said, don't cast me off. I am really your wife, your own wife, Beatrice. Won't you love me still? He shook his head. She looked up into his face and read the decision, repeated still more pitilessly there in its hard, cold expression. She wrung her hands and began to sob, though without tears, in an almost hysteric passion of terror and agony. The attitude she had thrown herself into was superb, a splendid despairing pose set off by her beautiful dress of silk and lace, the gold drops glittering on her handsome neck, the crimson flowers in her black hair. Lewis waited a moment, then quietly lifted her up and put her on one side. A little too theatrical for my taste, he said coolly. He had become hard as granite to the woman to whom up to this hour he had yielded willing homage, the one woman Lewis Cunningham had ever been in love with. There stood on the table in the centre of the room a little tea service of white china. Lewis, in that very room, two hours before, had taken tea, sitting it by his wife's side, and had kissed the hand that offered him his cup. His eye fell on the little teacup, thin and fragile as an eggshell, standing just where he had put it down at the beginning of the evening. Suddenly he dashed his foot upon it, shattering it into a thousand tiny fragments. There, he said, do you see that? I could as soon pick up those pieces and make that cup just as it was before as I could gather up and mend my old love for you. It is no thanks to you if my sister's heart is not already broken. You have stained your hands with an awful sin, Beatrice. Look to it. He turned away with the last words and left the room, leaving Beatrice quite alone. She remained for a long time, how long she never quite knew lying just as Lewis had left her. She had attained her revenge at last, and in doing so had attained to the very bitterest hour of all her life. Repent as much as she would and wish to undo the past, it was now too late. How fearfully too late Beatrice had yet to learn. At last she raised her head and looked round her. The room was just as it had been left some hours before. The tea things were standing about. The lamp was burning brightly. The light seemed so comfortable and brilliant it felt like a mockery in her present mood. She got up and extinguished the lamp, leaving the room to be illuminated only by a ray of moonlight which glimmered past the edge of the window curtain. The darkness is best for such as I am, she said to herself. Then she threw herself on the sofa and sobbed, with her face hidden in the cushions. He will never love me again as he did, she moaned, and I was growing so happy with him. Laura, I have lost all by my mad fidelity to you. At last her ear caught the sound of a horse's hoof upon the gravel outside. She got up and, lifting the curtain, looked out. By the light of the moon she saw Lewis ride off on his favourite horse at a brisk pace. He will never come back, she said despairingly. Oh, if I could only undo the past and be Mrs. Keith on board the Flora MacDonald once more. Her repentance, so far as it went, was very genuine, but it was a selfish repentance after all. And ah, Beatrice, you will have to learn that, though we repent of our sins, we cannot repair the mischief they have caused. Only one can do that and he will do it only in his own way and at his own time. End of chapter 30 Recording by Lewis Fletcher